to Laker Room Podcast. I'm your host, Ray G, and I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in today. So listen, I know it's been a minute. I mean, I think the last episode was sometime in January. So I'm going to give y'all a quick explanation behind this uh, absence. So I'm not even going to try to sound like a sore loser. But y'all know, y'all been watching this Lakers, that, that past Lakers season, and it was a disaster. I mean, every game was the same thing. Every single game was the same thing. And it, to me, it was like, I don't want to put this product out talking about the same thing over and over and over again. I don't know why y'all want to listen to that. It'd be me bitching, moaning and groaning because our Lakers stink. So I said, let's put the podcast on pause and uh, we'll, we'll get back when things start to change and we'll start to get some different news or is we going to go one way or are we going to go another way? And now we back. Everybody knows Frank is not the culture of the Los Angeles Lakers no more. Um, hip, hip, hooray to that. And now we are on our coaching search. As you guys know, there are three finalists left. So I just want to get into the finalists left, the pros and the cons. Um, who do I like? And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about around the NBA, the playoffs just a little bit. And, you know, I'll dig in just a tad bit to what Westbrook got going on. Man, let's not waste no more time. Let's just get into it. We got three finalists left. So it's Terry Stutz, it's Darvin Ham, and it's Kenny Atkinson. Now, they all have their own unique thing that they'll bring to the Lakers, and the Lakers are going to pick between the three sometime soon. So I definitely want to drop this and give you guys a little bit of my insight on what I think the Lakers would do and maybe should do, just in my opinion. And some of you guys may agree, some of you guys may not. Y'all might be like, yo, Ray, nah, that ain't it. But look, we just here to give our opinions and support our team, right? So let's start with Terry Stotts. There's pros and there's cons to Terry Stotts. When I first heard about him, I wasn't exactly thrilled. Um, I know Mark Jackson was in the in the bubble as well of, of players that they may pick from. I was would rather him be a finalist than Terry Stotts. But Terry Stotts, the reason why I wasn't a fan is just because I don't think that he is a defensive coach. I think that he, he coaches a lot of offense, which is a, a gift and a curse. And I don't know if he would command the respect of the locker room. Um, we need a, a coach that's very headstrong. We need a coach that will be aggressive and a coach that will fire the team up because Frank didn't do that. We'll be going on some scoring droughts, and he would just stand there with his arms folded. Like, where is the fire to win? You're just like, oh, we just missed this one. We'll just chalk this up and, and worry about the next one. And that's something that the Lakers don't need because they have a lot of personality. You got a Westbrook. You got LeBron. And, I mean, I think AD is pretty chill, but he might have his moments as well. So you got these stars on this team, and I just think you need a coach that will be able to maximize – and get everything that they can out of those three stars. You know, um, I think that the Lakers checked out on Frank Vogel well before the season was over. Like, he'd been lost the, the locker room. Like, he'd been lost it. And you could just tell in the way that they were playing, they would not get up for him. And we just need a, play, a coach that the players would get up for. You know, he's getting fired up, they're getting fired up. You know, and the Lakers took on, they took on Frank Vogel's laid-back, lackadaisical style. Like, they literally did. There's times where we're like, do y'all just not want to play? 
And let me just throw this in there real quick. Although I didn't drop any episodes, I was on my Twitter. And if you're not following me on there, and you know we get it cracking on there. We get active on Twitter. And my Twitter is RAE underscore G33. Or you can just type in Laker on Podcast and then go ahead and follow my Instagram also at Laker Room Podcast. Now, back to what we we're saying with Terry Stotts. They went into the playoffs. And um, I think that they were an offensive juggernaut. They Those two, Dame and, and CJ, was just lighting teams up. Terry definitely has some a good has a good offensive mind. He was credited with the Dallas Mavericks offensive coordination that year that they won the championship. So, you know, we know he's not no slug when it comes to building, you know, an offense. We know that. And the Lakers did need help in the offensive area because we didn't know what the hell they was running at times. They weren't even running anything. Like, they wasn't running nothing. It was just, let's watch LeBron. Nobody move, nobody cut. Y'all know that. Y'all know. I've been saying it. Y'all been watching it. And Terry, yeah, we'll get something good on the offensive side, but I just don't think that he's going to be great on the defensive side. He giving, He's giving me Frank Vogel, an offensive Frank Vogel, and I don't think that that's going to bode well with Laker Nation because we need somebody that's going to give us the best of both worlds, right? We need somebody that can build a good offense, and we need somebody that can preach defense, Right. So if you can build a good offense, but you don't preach defense, this job is not for you. Okay, if you can preach defense, but you can't build an offense, they might they might they might let him get away. Because what everybody say, this is a LeBron James offense. They say that the the offense goes through LeBron, you know, but LeBron is coming to the end of his career and he don't need all of that pressure. Right. He don't need all of the scoring load when you have a. Anthony Davis, you have a, we don't know, but a Westbrook, you know, um, we need to relieve some of that pressure from Braun. And then like, I just want to spread the ball a little more. So um, it, I just think the Lakers need the best of both worlds. I'm just not sure that Terry Stotts will give them that. Now he has a coaching career of 23 and 44, right? And that's in the playoffs. That is 34%, not great, not great at all. But if you look at his, his stats during the the regular season, he gives you some wins. You know, he will give you some wins. I think it's like 50%, 51%, 517 and 486. So he's above 500 in the regular season. So you're going to win some games, right? But when it comes to the, you know, the bread and butter, which is the playoffs, you know, it's going for it all. He's at 34%. And some of that could be attested to maybe Portland being injured, right? Maybe the fact that they didn't play a lot of defense. They weren't known as a defensive team. And I'm only calling out Portland because I feel like that is the team that he really put his imprint on, like seriously, besides the Mavs. But, um, yeah, th- during the regular season, fine. I'm not going to write off that achievement. But, again, in the playoffs, 34%, not great. So I would say that Terry Stotts is my least favorite candidate left on this Lakers finalist list. 
really wouldn't want him as a head coach. Like, really wouldn't. Like, I just think that he's going to be a Frank Vogel 2.0 offensively. And it's it's just, ah, nah, I ain't trying to be stressed out again. They was, they was trying to stress us out. Man. <sighs> Anyways, let's move on. Kenny Atkinson. Now, Kenny Atkinson, he is the Golden State Warriors uh, assistant coach right now. And he came from a solid coaching tree. He coached under Coach Bud. He's coached under Ty Lu, And that's just to name a few. Um, I believe he coached in the Knicks, too. I don't know who the coach was at the time. But, you know, just coming off running him, I think he, you know, he gained some basketball knowledge. He's never played basketball like uh, in the NBA. But I think that he has some, some knowledge. I think that he's still, he'll be a wild card, to be real. He'll be a wild card. Now, his win percentage is 38%. The only team he's only been a head coach for is the Brooklyn Nets. And that's not a great winning percentage. But, you know, again, to me, I feel like he's a new coach. Like, we're going to have to still see what he can do. He doesn't have an extensive career, honestly, for us to go off of like Terry Stotts does. And I wouldn't say Terry Stotts, he got, you know, I don't know, Mike D'Antoni type of career, but he has more experience than Kenny Atkinson. And um, I think that Kenny Atkinson, he, uh, like I said, I think him being fairly new can be a con, can. Like, it's, it's, it is, but it's not. It is, but it's not, and that's only because, like I said, just the fact that he only coached one team, but he did coach them for four seasons. So I'm not going to say that he doesn't have any experience. But he, with the Brooklyn Nets, he had a young team um, that he had to, you know, build the culture, and I give him credit for that because that team with uh, D'Lo and Damari Carroll, I believe he was on that team, um, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that they had a good time. I think he is a player's coach for sure. I've only heard good things from the players about Kenny Atkinson. I've heard good things around the league about Kenny Atkinson from what I read. Um, so I think that I'd like him more better than us grabbing stats. Like I, I'd be more okay with Kenny Atkinson because I think that he can – get with the modern NBA. And right now he's under Coach Kerr. And um let me let let's let's get this out of the way. <laughs> People think, okay, they under Coach Kerr, they're gonna be a good coach. And I'm not this is not towards Kenny Atkinson. But you remember we we stole we didn't steal. Why'd I say that? We had hired Luke Walton because Luke Walton had that run under Coach Kerr and the Golden State Warriors. Um I don't think that this would be the case for Kenny Atkinson, I think that he definitely has some talent there. Um, he's not a first-time coach like Luke was. But, uh, yeah, just being under Coach Kerr and just kind of learning from him as well, I think that that, that is bode well for us. But, yeah, Kenny, I wouldn't be mad at him. I wouldn't be mad at him. I think that he still has a lot of potential to grow and, and be be a good coach. So I wouldn't be mad if we grab Kenny Atkinson. Now, on to the last, last um, candidate, and that is Darvin Ham. And Darvin Ham is right now a fan favorite. Everybody, well, not everybody, most of Laker Nation wants to see Darvin Ham as the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. I, for one, am a part of that wave. 
most definitely. He's my favorite to come out of these three. I would say a con with him, which is not really a con, is the fact that he's a first-time coach, right? So with him being a first-time coach, we don't know what we're going to get out, right? It will be, you know, we'll be taking a risk because, again, this is a this is the Lakers. This is the Lakers. Expectations are extreme. It's high. You're going to be critiqued on every little thing you do. And as a first-time coach, that might be a lot. Literally might be a lot. Sometimes even the players are not built for L.A. It takes, like Kobe said, it takes a special person to be in L.A., right? Um, and Darvin, I don't, he's not no stranger to the Lakers, right? He was an assistant some time ago with the Lakers. And, and when I and during that time, I've only heard good things about him. I have. So uh, he has a little history with us. And like everybody say, he won't be a, a retread. He'll be new, a fresh voice, young. He comes from the Bucks. He's come from a coaching tree of Coach Mike, Coach Bud. And he could bring some of what the Bucks do defensively and offensively to the Lakers. And I'm not saying like steal what they do, but I'm talking like some ideas and, and bringing all of that together. And I think that he can give us that best of both world of defense and offense. Now, again, we don't know because he is a first-time head coach. But we just need a new voice, man. We really do. Like, Lakers has been going for the big names, right? Tired of hearing Doc Rivers. I would have been pissed if we would have got Doc Rivers. Absolutely not. Nick Nurse and uh, Quinn Snyder, we knew they weren't going to get those coaches. They were already under contract. We knew that. The NBA don't want to help the Lakers. Stop it. So, I didn't think that they were going to get those coaches. Um, and to be real, the coaching pool right now wasn't the deepest one. If there's a very few solid candidates that they could pick from, right? You, like I said before, you had Mark Jackson, and I wouldn't mind if he was a finalist, but it didn't it didn't turn out that way. We, I actually thought he was going to end up going to Sacramento. So who knows what he's doing now? We don't know. Now that that door's closed, cool. Because I think that they're saying that um, Darvin Ham is is in prime position. They just he just got to knock it out the park, and um, I hope he does. I really do hope that he does, um, because from what I've seen watching this, these playoffs, watching previous playoffs of him with the Bucks, he seems to be fired up. He seems to be one of those coaches that interact with the players. From what I read, he has a voice in the locker room, and we definitely gonna need that presence in the locker room of the Lakers because I think we lost that presence when it came when, – when when we got rid of Rondo and some of those vets, Dud, you could just tell the whole team's swag is different. They're not as locked – they weren't as locked in. Um, of course, this is a whole different team, right? But it's just – you can see the difference, right? And I think that having a coach like Darvin Ham, he could bring some of that back. And uh, it won't be just LeBron and A.D., and uh, I don't know, Westbrook maybe. But I think that uh, he'll bring that back. I think he's going to be a player's coach. And he gets high praise around the league, around the Lakers. And that's always a good thing, right? Because you're doing something right if you're getting, you know, high praise like that. So it'll be good just to get a young, fresh voice and uh, see what he can bring, go a different direction. One thing I just hope is that the Lakers don't – I just hope that the Lakers don't fumble this by telling him, hey – we want to hire you, but we got to pick your staff. No, let him do him. That's That was the mistake they made with Frank. Like, you can't 
just run. Like, you can because you're paying them. So let me not say that. But what I'm saying is you got to let these coaches be coaches. Let them do their job. Like, just let them do their job. There's so many reports that was coming out that, you know, they were just hovering over Frank and, and making him do, you know, pick this person, pick that person, putting together the whole staff. And it's like most teams not doing that. They're hiring a coach and letting the coach do their job. You know, how would we feel as this regular, regular, smegular people? To us, that is micromanaging, right? We hate it. I don't know about y'all, but I can't stand micromanaging. So pretty much that's what the Lakers have been doing, and they got to tone down on that. Like if you hire Darvin Ham, let him do him and, and go from there. Let him hire his staff. Let him pick what to do. Let him pick who he going to play, who, who he not going to play. And that way, if, if it works, he get the credit for it. If it don't work, it'll be solely on him. It won't be no, well, the Lakers was, was stopping him from wasn't letting him reach his full potential. No, you got to let them reach their full potential. Like, just let him go through the growing pains. Let him just do him. He's a first-time head coach, like the Celtics coach. Um, what it was another coach too that has that was that's uh, been making noise. I don't, I don't remember, but um, the first-time head coaches, man, they've been hits right now. And I just think because they bring a different set of eyes and they're more adapted to the modern NBA instead of a coach that's been in the NBA for decades. They don't see it like that. They they're like, no, this is how we gonna do it instead of you know moving and growing with the game sometimes and sometimes you know that's a curse sometimes that's that's not good and it it can hurt hurt your team but then sometimes depending on what it is that can be can be an actual advantage because you're just keeping it simple right you're keeping it simple if you have a big team like a great paint presence then you want to play inside out don't make it difficult you know what i'm saying you want to dump the ball that other team doesn't have a great center or a great paint presence, then you can go to work there, you know? We're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs because we see a lot of that during this playoffs where teams weren't using the advantage that they have and it kind of cost them, and then where teams are using that advantage and it's helping them. Um, So with the coaching search, my favorite is Darvin Ham. Hopefully they don't mess this up. I got full faith in the Lakers. Um, and hold up, let me say this too. Some of y'all fans out there, man, y'all are using every advantage you can to poke, pick, and just, you know, trash a team that you say that you're a fan of. Yes, they've made mistakes. We know that. They've made mistakes. We're watching it. We see the shit. But for you to say you're a fan and every time they do something, you're like, oh, sell the team. Oh, Jenny don't know what you're doing. Oh, fire this person. Oh, fire that person. Man, just sit back, relax, and chill. Just see what they're going to do. Cause they there for a reason. You ain't. They are. You give your opinion as a fan. You support the team. But some of y'all just be doing the most. Like, it just be like, are you really a fan of this team? Because you really dragging them for every single. They can't win from losing. Damn if they do. Damn if they don't. You know we're going to get a lot of hate if they were to go ahead and hire Darvin Ham. There's going to be fans that's going to be like, oh, no, this is the wrong. I'm not going to be a fan of this team no more. This is the wrong hire. Uh, I don't know. We're going to another team. Sell the team. Like, they're going to be doing all that extra stuff. And it, it's just, it just amazes me. It does. Because, like I said, they, they've they had their balls that they've dropped. 
and they've also done some really good things. So, and they can do better. We know that. We know that they can improve. But as a fan of the team, I'm going to support them. I'm going to support them, and I'm going to um, give them the benefit of the doubt until I can't no more, until it's just like really. But anyways, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about Westbrook, just a little bit. There's a lot of speculation going on about Westbrook. And, you know, is he going to be a Laker? Is he not going to be a Laker? How they going to – I mean, how are they going to trade him? Are they going to send him home? What are they going to do with Westbrook? And to be honest, y'all, to be honest, we don't know. We really do not know at all. I think that we're just going to have to sit back and see what happens. And I won't say relax because a lot of us don't want Westbrook on the team. But we just don't know what they're going to do. We don't. And it, it's going to take a lot of work and, and probably a ton of background things that they're going to need to do in order to be able to figure this Westbrook situation out. I know that Phil Jackson is advising the Lakers right now, and I've read that he's asking coaching candidates how would they utilize Westbrook. So that sounds like they're going to keep Westbrook. But, again, we don't know. So I'm not going to keep speculating on what they're going to do with Westbrook until they actually do something with Westbrook. And then we'll go ahead and we'll react. We would definitely, most definitely drop it for you. And by the way, we're going to have episodes weekly on Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we're going to drop a new Lake Around podcast. And that's going to be the schedule going forward. So now, just wanted to say that real quick. But let's move on. Let's move on to Around the NBA. Let's talk about what's going on, hot topics, I would say in the NBA. So Zach Levine and Kyrie are linked to the Lakers right now, right? And if I had to pick which one I would want to play for the Lakers, honestly, neither. Unpopular opinion, right? Unpopular opinion. What do you mean? You got the chance to get a Kyrie Irving or a Zach Levine and you say neither? And this is why. We've been trying this three-star thing. I'd rather us build a deep team and use that money on additional players. Um, Because I just, I'm just not a fan of this three-star thing anymore. I'm over it. I just want us to build a deep team, be able to, you know, spread the ball. You you don't really know how to attack a team like that because you got to guard all five positions. You know what I'm saying? And it won't be like, oh, when LeBron is hot, you guard, you you take out, you take out AD or AD hot, you take out, you take AD out, you just gotta bar, you just gotta guard LeBron. Nah, I want it to be where it's hard to game plan for us. Like, you can't just hone in on LeBron because if you leave LeBron open, then you got AD. If you leave AD open, then you got such and such. And if you leave him open, you got such and such, and so on and so forth. To where you just got a game, literally game plan for the whole team, just not for one player. Um, but, however, let me say this. If I had to pick, if it was uh, you have to pick Kyrie or you have to pick Zach, another un- unpopular opinion probably is I'd pick Zach. And I know he's injury prone. I know that he's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career, torn ACL and um, things of that nature. But I would say that. Kyrie comes with a lot of baggage, like a lot of baggage. Just think about his time in Boston. Think about his time in Brooklyn. Just started to play, and I, I'm not knocking him for his choice um, on the vaccine. We, we're not going to get into that. 
But I think he comes with a lot of baggage, man. And I don't know if that'll bode well in L.A. You know, us us Laker fans, we like put up or shut up. We don't want to hear nothing. Just get on the floor and play. That's how we are. So I don't know if that'll be a good mix. And I just think he just come with a lot of baggage. It's always something with him. It's literally always something with him. I just don't like that. Um, Zach is an all-around player. He's not the greatest defender. We know that. But he'll be a great threat out there with the Lakers. Um, we just need him to stay healthy. We would need him to stay healthy because, you know, him being like that, Anthony Davis being like that, and shoot, lately LeBron has been having his issues with injury. We just need players that can produce and stay on the floor. So um, in that aspect, I'd pick neither. I'd pick build a deep team. Um, but if I had to pick two um, between the two, it'll be Zach. Now let's talk about these playoffs. Now we have the Boston Celtics against the Miami Heat. Y'all already know we don't go for the Celtics. Y'all know we ain't going for no damn Celtics. So I want the Heat to win. Um, I think it has been a fight. It's been a dog fight. Um, they've been beating the hell out of each other. And they have some close games. And I, I like it. I love it. Miami is a very physical team. And that's something that the Celtics is going to have to deal with day in and day out. You know, uh, last night, Jalen Brown dropped, what, 40-plus points? And they still lost. Tatum had 10 points. Again, they are going to have to be on point, those two. Um, they're missing Robert Williams, and that's an impact for them. And even with Al Horford giving them 20 points, it still wasn't enough. Um, Miami actually lost Jimmy Butler. They got Kyle Lowry back, and um, they're starting to probably implement him back in the game. And He's definitely going to be a difference maker as well. I just think that Miami's physicality and defense, I mean, Coach Spo is, is a great coach. I think that's going to help them out a lot. That's going to put them over the hump. At least I hope it does. Um, I don't know. Hey man, I'm I'm just trying to give y'all a prediction. It, it might go seven. It, it probably most likely will go seven. Most definitely. And I will have Miami, of course. I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd be pissed if the Celtics advance to the finals. Like, are you serious? But if they do, then they we still got another round to root against them. <laughs> this is the very Laker thing to do, huh? Just root against the goddamn Celtics. It's going to be it for everything. Um, one thing I hate is that I really like Jason Tatum. Like, I like this kid, man. This is the fact that he is Celtic. It's just disgusting. It's terrible. Anyways, moving on. The next team is the Warriors versus the Mavs. Love what the Mavs are doing. Oh, my gosh, I love what the Mavericks are doing. Luka is killing it. It's killing it. And then on top of that, they put them damn sons out. That was beautiful. That was amazing. <laughs> for that, man, for that, man, the Mavs, man, although I'm I'm saying that, I can't say that they're going to win this series. I got the Warriors winning this series. And the reason why I have the Warriors winning this series is because if – because the Mavs are too dependent on Luka and the three-point shot, right? So if Luka's having a subpar or a bad game and the other players are not hitting their threes, they're going to lose, as we've seen. 
they're going to lose. They don't have enough. I don't think they have enough knockdown shooters. Reggie Bullock is streaky. Um, Jalen Brunson can work you in the paint. I think that Spencer Dinwiddie, he's good, but he can be streaky at times. And they don't have an inside presence. And I think to beat the Warriors, you have to have an inside presence. Because Draymond is great. We know he's a great defender. He can pass the ball. He's not a great shooter anymore, or was he ever. But um, I would say the way you beat the Warriors is the inside. That's why if the Warriors to play a team like the Lakers, and the Lakers had good shooters, and they had Anthony Davis and, and the presence that they did have, in the paint, oh, it, the Warriors would be in trouble. Absolutely. But when you play a team that's small like the Mavs, they don't have they don't have that inside presence, then it becomes a shootout. And I don't know if any team in the NBA wants to go in a shootout with the Warriors because you already know what their backcourt does. And you add Jordan Poole. You know what I'm saying? You add Otto Porter. All these cats can knock down three. So it's like – with the Warriors, you got to bang. You got to beat them up. Same thing with, like, Curry. You got to play them very physical. And you got to be able to shoot as well. And the Mavs don't have that. The Mavs don't have an inside presence. And they are very shaky on shooting. Like, some games, they're hot. They're, they're knocking the shots down. But that last game, they were they was, they was working the Warriors. And I told my homeboy, we watching the game. I told him, I said, look, this does nothing for me. This lead that the Mavs have. This lead that the Mavs have is nothing when it comes to the Warriors because the way that they shoot the three, they're in every game. When you put the Warriors, when you play the Warriors, you have to step on them and you have to finish them. Like You can't be up by 15 points and think you're good. You can't even be up by 25 points, really, and be like, cool, we straight, game over. No, you have to like really finish them. Finish, and I mean finish them because the way that they shoot the three. And this is a championship pedigree team, right? They've been there. They've been there. They're a good team. They're a good shooting team. So when it comes to that, it's never – no lead is safe really with them unless you really just knock – you just got to knock it out the park. And and I wouldn't even say that. You have to continue to play defense. So even if you do have a 20-point lead, I'm not going to sit here and say that you can't win – First, the Warriors with a 20-point lead because you can. But you have to continuously defend. You can't take a playoff because if you take a playoff and they start to build momentum, you're going to find yourself with a hot L at the end of the game. So that's going to do it for this episode of Lake Around Podcast. Make sure you guys follow me on all of my all of my social media platforms. New episodes going to drop every Tuesday. So look out for that.